Hello, I'm glad you're back for our final installment in our series on the five habits of a healthy Christian. We're going to talk about our fifth habit now, which is sharing your faith. When we talk about sharing your faith, the ideal and fullest expression of this is that we would have an opportunity to share the gospel with someone and invite them to trust in Christ. But I think that this habit can include all of the steps that typically lead up to this as well. It starts with praying for the lost, for people you know who do not know Jesus Christ. It involves building relationships with people, caring for them and listening to them. It can also include inviting people to come to a church service with you or to a Bible study or other ministry of the church. The point is we should be in the habit of asking God to use us to share our faith with others. And we should be responsive to every opportunity that God gives us to do it. When we encourage you to engage in personal evangelism, there's an important assumption that we're making that is important to discuss here. The reason we need to evangelize is because people are truly lost. We're all born into a state of sin and a separation from God. Something needs to happen in order for that to change. We need to be converted. We need to respond to an invitation to trust in Jesus Christ. We have to make a choice to place our faith in him for salvation. Not everyone believes this. Some people believe there are many ways to God. That's called pluralism. But the Christian tradition has consistently taught that there is only one way to God. And that is through explicitly calling on the name of Christ in order to be saved. Let me show you a few examples in scripture where we see this in action. In Acts 2, after Peter preaches about the resurrection of Christ on Pentecost, the Bible tells us that many of those listening were cut to the heart and asked, brothers, what shall we do? And Peter could have said, well, just be a good person or just do your best to respond to God. However, that makes sense to you. But no, he didn't say that. He said very clearly, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. Repentance and faith in the name of Jesus Christ are required for God's forgiveness, for salvation. In the book of Romans, Paul explains the logic of why evangelism is necessary. He says in Romans 10, 9, that you must confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead in order to be saved. And why is that? Because of this principle, which he explains in the next verse. For with the heart, one believes and is justified. And with the mouth, one confesses and is saved. For people to believe, they need to hear the gospel. And for them to hear the gospel, someone needs to tell them. And that's where we come in. The church's mission is to share the gospel with the nations and to bring them under the teaching and the lordship of Jesus Christ. That's what the Great Commission tells us. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. That's what Jesus tells us in Matthew 28, 19 and 20. Jesus also instructs the apostles just before his ascension how to proceed with this mission, to start locally and to work their way outward. He says, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. 
People all over the world need to hear the gospel in order to be saved. And God is calling and he's empowering us to be the ones to tell them the good news that there is forgiveness in Jesus Christ. The Great Commission is way too big for one person to do alone. It takes all of us, a whole team, to be able to accomplish it. And that's true even of a whole church staff or full-time paid ministers. There's always going to be way more ministry to do than what the church staff can accomplish. And this is why our job as evangelists, as shepherds, as teachers, is to equip you, the saints, for the work of the ministry. The church's ministers are called to equip each of you to be able to build up the body of Christ and to spread the gospel. The Apostle Peter also encourages each of us to always be ready to share Christ. He tells the church they should always be prepared to make a defense to anyone who asks you for a reason for the hope that is in you. Giving an explanation for your faith with gentleness and with respect. 1 Peter 3.15 So this underscores that we need to be prepared. We need to know our faith well and we need to have an eagerness and readiness to share. We also need to undertake sharing in the right spirit, showing kindness and respect, modeling in our disposition and goodness and righteousness of Christ himself. Finally, we shouldn't expect that evangelism will just happen naturally. It's something we have to constantly work out, constantly think about and renew our desire to pursue it. If our love for the Lord grows cold, then so will our pursuit of his mission. I think of the letter that Christ sent to the church in Ephesus in Revelations 2. Now he commends them for their works, their endurance and their good judgment. But he says, I have this against you, that you have abandoned the love you had at first. Revelation 2, 4. It's not enough to stay in a tight knit Christian group. If you love the Lord, you will love his mission. You will continually want to share through word and deed in any way that you can. Now, when we look for examples of evangelism in Scripture, one of the best places to look is the book of Acts. The apostles shared Christ with all kinds of people from all walks of life. In Acts 10, Peter was given a vision and he came to the understanding that the gospel was for the Gentiles, not just for the Jews. He was then able to share Christ with Cornelius and his entire household. Later, in Acts 16 and 17, Paul shares the gospel with a string of people, with Lydia, a wealthy businesswoman from Thyatira, with a jailer's entire family in Philippi, and then with a group of philosophers in Athens. Acts ends with Paul giving a series of speeches to Roman governors where he essentially uses the Roman court system as his own platform for sharing his Christian testimony. This shows us that we can use any opportunity wherever we are to share the gospel with others. There are many good approaches to sharing your faith with others. The classic one in Baptist circles is the Romans Road, which is based on a series of verses drawn from Romans. There's the four spiritual laws or evangelism explosion. There are many others. Recently at our church, we've been training people in the three circles approach. It basically goes like this. We departed from God's good design through our sin, which has led to brokenness. We can be healed from our brokenness by repenting and believing the gospel. Through the gospel, we are able to recover and pursue God's good design. Really, God can work through any of these methods as long as the key points from Scripture are woven in. 
Try to memorize the one that makes most sense to you and have a quick way to sketch it out for others. Now I wanna offer a little practical guidance as we conclude talking about habit five, sharing your faith. First, I wanna encourage you to pray. Prayer is how evangelism begins and the only way that it can ever be effective. Lewis Sperry Schaefer, the founder of Dallas Theological Seminary, wrote about this in a little book called True Evangelism. He argued on the basis of many passages in scripture that all evangelism must begin with prayer. No human service or device can take the place of intercession. This is because without prayer, there can be little understanding and vision of the gospel even faithfully presented. You see, Satan has blinded the minds of unbelievers who are spiritually dead. We can't make dead people alive. But when we pray, we call on the power of heaven to do that work through us in the lives of others. And by God's grace, he answers that prayer and he does that work in their hearts. A practical way to keep evangelism and outreach on your mind is to write down specific names of people in your life who don't know Christ. These can be people who are acquaintances, or they can be co-workers, close friends, or family members. But keep a list of names and pray for them regularly, that God would save them and that he would give you opportunities to build your relationship and share your faith. Many people in our church have told stories about praying for specific people for years or even decades before they finally came to know the Lord. I think you'll be amazed over time how this habit of personal evangelism and prayer for others begins to change your heart and even how you see the world. You'll begin to see every area of your life and every interaction as an opportunity to share. I know people at our church who share with people at the bus stop, people in an Uber or the barista at a coffee shop or people in their neighborhood. They have this habit and so they find opportunities that would fly right by most of us. But there are always opportunities to share and also opportunities to invite. A great way to share with someone and to build your friendship is to invite them to come with you to church. Being around a Christian community can be a powerful witness to the gospel. As we close, I just want to remind you why we want to develop this spiritual habit of sharing our faith. It's out of gratitude for what Christ has done for us. When you consider the immensity of his love and mercy on us, how could we do anything less than invite others to know him as well? It should be the natural outflow of a redeemed heart and mind. Well, of course, there's much more that could be said. And there are many more spiritual habits and disciplines that you could begin as you mature in your relationship with the Lord. But I hope the five habits of a healthy Christian give you a great starting point, a good grounding in the fundamentals. We want God's best for you here at the First Dallas iCampus. And I hope that you will let us know how God begins to work in your life as you practice these five habits of a healthy Christian.